Welcome to the Burning Eye Podcast, west of centre and never knowingly mainstream. I'm Jen Hart. I'm joined today um, in the very nice, cosy kitchen of uh, Chrissy Morrison. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Jen. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yes. We've just had um, some nice food that Chrissy's made, which is very nice. Um, it's my first time in Froom today, so we're going to go out later and have a little look around. We certainly are. Quite excited about. Um, so, uh, Chrissy has just released um, her collection of poems, Crumbs from a Spinning World, with Burning Eye Books. It is the last title in our 2016 schedule, so um, we're very excited to be rounded up for the year, but also that we finally got to put your book out. It's a really good collection. <laughs> um, you should be really proud. So um, tell us a little bit um, about how you came into writing and performing poetry. Yeah, right. Uh, I started off just writing um, prose, basically. So all my life I've written stories and things and I published quite a few by the time I was grown up uh, I mean really grown up I'm, I'm I consider myself a crone now that's the technical term I'm a septuagenarian which uh, I quite like being a sexagenarian because that sounded very enigmatic but septuagenarian sounds very final but around the mid about 30 years ago <laughs> I was writing and selling stories and then I wrote novels and then um, I was doing a lot of work with other writers and I found that people liked poems. So I set up a perch cafe and I discovered that I liked encouraging people by doing it myself. And so I started writing poems. Strange route, but that's what happened. <laughs> so um, you've been um, performing in Froome for a long time. We were talking about when you yeah. moved here. Did you start performing it here or was it long yeah no I started in Froome yeah um, because I'd been uh, I was writer in residence for the town based at the theatre in about 2003 I think yeah and um but that's when I was really determined to bring performance poetry to Froome because I had to go to Bristol to hear performance poetry and I thought it'd be nice to have it in the town Mm. and I started the Perch Cafe um I no I sort of I tried to get more performance poetry into the Perch Cafe but Poetry Cafe has a lovely mood. Froome Poetry Cafe has a lovely mood to it, but, but it's more egalitarian and it tends to be the guests who perform rather than the um, the audience or this open mic. But we've now got Live Talk, of course, in Froome, who runs yeah. the Hip Yak Shack. So my wish is fulfilled, this performance poetry around. But I still do, when I started performing, I, was, I found that my approach seemed to be a bit different from the usually you know, the kind of young man, angry energy. <laughs> and I kind of won a few slams just because I think I was something different. Mm. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I find um, that that can be a big thing. It's nice to have some variation. There's a lot of um, uh, young Kate Tempests and Holly McNishes running around doing performance poetry. Um, but I always like to see something a little bit different. <laughs> I, like, I do different. Different's <laughs> good. We like different at Burning Eye, so... Yeah. That's good. Um, so uh, let's move on um, and talk about crumbs from a spinning world. 
Yes. Um, first of all, can you explain the title for us and where I, the title came from? I can. Um, when I first was uh, getting into poetry myself as a teenager, no, a bit older, I can't remember, <laughs> but a very long time ago there were the Liverpool poets and they were just marvellous and my favourite of them was Brian Patton who's still one of my favourite poets and he wrote a lovely poem called The Translation which appealed to me because it's about how easily love translates into pain mm. which I thought was quite profound but in it there's a, a refrain which is sung by the slow sad bird From my nest among moments where I keep a spinning world I stole one crumb of joy but lost it coming here. So my idea was to um, collect up all the crumbs yeah. <laughs> in my writing. Okay. So um, is the collection uh, a widespread of your kind of poet poetry career or is it a lot of things that you've maybe written over the last few years? Yeah, well, I think that's... It's, um, yeah, it's all recent. Yeah. So when I, start, when I started discovering that I could y use... Um, yeah, it's about the last five years, I suppose, when I discovered that there's no reason that an old woman can't get up on her hind legs and get people to listen to her, same yeah. as the youngsters. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's something to be said about a lot of poetry scenes, is that they they often are quite dominated by young people, um, um, which is great because, you know, they've got a lot of energy and a lot of things to say, but um, they, it comes partly, I've found... Like the hand in hand that once you get to a certain age you become invisible in society. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. And I know a lot of women my age who'd complain about it. And I thought, well, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna complain about it. I'm going to make myself uninvisible. Yeah. And also, I think I don't blame the youngsters for wanting to have this scene their own because for a long time the reading off the page scene has been dominated by older women. Mm. You know, a lot of men don't seem to do it so much. You go, you go to a poetry reading off the page, they're nearly all older women. Mm. And and they're lovely, you know, but I can completely understand why youngsters say, well, we're doing something different. Yeah. Is there anyone that um, inspires you particularly to get up and perform? Anyone that you've seen that you like? I think Lib Talk's marvellous. Yeah. And then the others that you've said, you know, Kate Tempest and Holly. And, um, I, my favourites are Luke Wright mm. and... Probably Elvis McGonagall. Mm, yeah, both great. Yeah, mm, I would have said Nathan Filer, who I absolutely love, and Byron Vincent, but they're neither of them doing it anymore. Mm, but yeah. I am so glad I've seen them. Let's talk a little bit about how uh, the book has been. So it's it's put into eight sections of of a, yeah. a book collection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so was was that something that you had in mind when you started putting the collection together, or was it? a way for you to uh, <laughs> highlight the stages of, of the poems? No, it was, to be honest, when I saw that I, that Burning Eye was interested in publishing performance poetry, I first thought, why? And then I thought, well, that's so good, because, like, if Child hadn't um, done a collection of all the rural English ballads, we wouldn't, the Child's Collection of English Ballads, which is a massive um, set of books, you know, they, they would not be in the culture and nobody would, they would have lost all that social history and all that um, word of mouth understanding of, you know, contemporary humour or contemporary attitudes or jokes or everything that's in performance poetry. So I thought it was a great idea and I thought, I'm going to send my crone poems in because 
that's my thing. <laughs> they weren't enough for a book. <laughs> so the first section is Crone Poems, and after that I'm not quite sure what happened. No. Something happened. It seemed to sort itself out. Yeah, I really um, I um, really enjoy the, the different stages. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a couple of poems that, poets that have got books with us that, that break down their poems into stages, and for some people it's... Um, Kind of like they're showing the development of their writing, their their views on things. So I, you know, I've got poems I've written from years ago that I still like doing, but my I am a different person from when I wrote that now, and my mm-hmm. opinions have changed. But I would still like to share it. Mm-hmm. So in a way, sometimes those those markers are good to show a writer's development or, or anything like that. But I think that's a very intelligent approach. <laughs> I wish I thought of it. <laughs> We're gonna. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with the uh, anything else you'd like to mention about the collection or anything? Any favorite poems or yeah. anything that you found particularly? Oh yeah, there was. I did a review. Um, one of the poems is a, a short review of, of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, that's one of my favorite books. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of my favorite books too. But I managed to condense the review into twenty six words, arranged alphabetically, mm. and I was ever so pleased because I did this one recently at the Wells Festival of Literature, yeah. and it got mentioned in a review. Oh, great! And and the reviewer said, the uh, they allied my alphabetical twenty six word review of Pride and Prejudice allied form and function in the way the Bauhaus would have applauded. So I thought well, I'll take that. Would you Would you want to? I know it's short. Do you want to do? Yes, it is short. I might remember it. Remember. I, I, I'm supposed to remember it. <laughs> it's on my remember them list. Um, artless beauty clearly does endear foppish gentlemen. Honest indignation jeopardises lust. Makes nobility of pride. Querying riches. Sensuous tension under veil waywardness. Explosive? Yes. Zunds. <laughs> It's good. I'm going to clap. Clapping. <laughs> Clapping. Clap your cup of tea. Yeah, I like it. I um, I wrote a poem for my own collection about Lydia Bennett. Um, because um, I used to live in Southampton and there was um, there's an infirmary just outside of Southampton, Forley Infirmary. Um, and my mum used to take me to the, the beach there just outside it um, to eat chicks. And at the bottom of this... Huge phallic symbol <laughs> um, was this beautiful little stone cottage that looked completely out of place with the like industrial surroundings that it yeah. had. It was just like and it like it was just so defiantly there. Like no, I'm I'm not. I'm gonna stay. You can't you can't move me. And I I always thought about it and I always liked it. And I remember at the time I was rereading Pride and Prejudice. Um, so I I wrote a poem called Lydia Bennett's Cottage and it's about Lydia oh. Bennett. Um, leaving, finally leaving her horrible marriage to Mr Wickham mm. and leaving her bonnet at the gate and, and, and running away and but still really missing the house. Oh. Um, I, got, I, love, I do love Jane Austen. I mean, she's very good people. You know, they're seduced by the, the TV series and the mm. sort of, I don't know, they think she's sort of some kind of Mills and Boone with bosoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. She's, she was socially very... It's the social commentary first and foremost. Mm, yeah, yeah, she's very sharp. Mm. Emma is my favourite of all, all of them. Um, I'm not sure why. I just find it quite cosy to read. Mm-hmm. I like Emma, but but um, Mrs. Bennet is one of the 
most immortal <laughs> fictional characters ever. I think she's great and really reminds me of my own mother. <laughs> <laughs> Not that my mum tries to marry me off, but <laughs> in the uh, the party. <laughs> Gossip. Talked a little bit earlier about the Froome Poetry Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, a lot of people that we kind of publish and stuff come from, uh, are doing it in London and things like that. So it's mm-hmm. nice to have um, someone who's representing um, small towns in the southwest. So do you want to talk a little bit about how you found the poetry scene in Froome? Oh, I, th- I think surrounding it, areas. it's, yeah, the Poetry Cafe in Froome is sort of iconic really because we... <laughs> It's um, it it growed like Topsy, you know. Mm. I'm really I really like the way it is so there for anyone. You know, you get somebody who's never been before, kind of unfolding a tiny piece of paper and reading a poem about her dog because it's just died or something, and everyone will be give it a warm reception. Or you get really great poets, you know, good poets. Um, David Johnson is, will always come at the drop of a hat mm. if I ask him and. I just and everyone's accepted the same, and I think that's really nice. So I like our poetry cafe. We we don't have this sort of um, razzmatazz of the hip yak shack, which I've already mentioned, which is great. I mean, the hip yak shack's great. Not that he's great, but we don't have it. <laughs> I think I think we sort of cover both ends. You know, mm, yeah. I think it's a it's a real continuum, and everybody can find what they want. There's also now I think um, a, a community. Project growing um, where people can come and perform poetry and music in the uh, in the Sun Sun Street Chapel, which I won't try to talk about because I haven't got enough details. But there's more things happening all the time in Frome. It's a magical place, and of course we're near enough to Bath, which has got um, the uh, uh, what a performance. You know, there's a couple of poetry cafes that meet in St James's Vaults, which is on top of Victoria Park in Bath. So they they're very <coughs> open. they have open mic as well as guest yeah fairly usual form yeah. format isn't it and there's words and ears which is an excellent poetry cafe in Bradford on Avon run okay. by Dawn Gorman yeah so lots of little things in in the little pockets of yeah, the southwest yeah and lots of one off events you know that mm. I mean we all just post things on Facebook um, Froome's got a great time out. Facebook magazine where you can see whatever's in the area. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because obviously I'm from Bristol, so there's a very big hub of poetry going on um, in Bristol, and then um, there's um, places like Devon and things like that. That mm. um, you know, some people would be like Devon and cool, yeah. that's miles away. When you've got all <laughs> the they, like, yeah. Robert Garner recently did. Um, a blog post about the poetry scene in Devon and mm. that was really good and it's like lots of little things going in, on and lots of lots of pockets of people doing things in different areas which is just quite nice but De- I think Devon like Bristol has funding yes yeah that is that's true, the yeah, difference yeah, yeah. see got, every, everything I go to is self-funded by enthusiastic yeah um, amateur, amateurs in the sense of amateur funders mm. You know, we don't even write to the art council because it's going to take too long. If you want to do something next week, just get it going. Yeah, yeah. Bring Clive down to a, a poetry cafe sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be great, yeah. Yeah, I'm always looking for new open mic nights and things like that to investigate and things. Well, I've got three Bristol poets coming in February. Oh, really? For our love night. 
Oh, okay. I tend to, and they're bi-monthly, the poetry cafes, so there's oh, always okay. something happening near enough for me to yeah. call that the theme. Yeah. Um, Who have you got? Is it a secret? <laughs> it's not a secret, <laughs> and I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> so it's, uh, well, um, I've got um, Paul Dayton and Claire Williamson and Lizzie Parker. Okay. So they're yeah. coming to do their thing. Yeah. Know, it's a love theme, so I'm looking forward to great excitement. That'd be nice. Yeah. So they run month every month. They, no, the Perch Cafe is a bi-monthly. Bi-monthly. Every two yeah. Months. Okay. Oh, so that that gives you time to mm. kind of schedule ahead and, and things like that. I guess with yeah. getting, getting poets yeah. and stuff in. It's very nice. Okay. Um, so um, we always at Burning Eye, we're always very caught in the middle of this. Um, Poetry or spoken word artist, poet mm. or spoken word artist, um, and I recently listened to the Poetry Society podcast where Joelle Taylor asked the same thing of Sabrina Mafuz, mm. um, and I thought it was a really interesting discussion. So I'm going to steal it from Joelle now mm. um, and ask you what do you what, what do you think? Do you think there's a difference between the spoken word artist and poet? Um, I think there's a difference in the same way there's a difference between a stage play and a, and a film script or a radio, mm. or there's a difference between a reading on radio or a radio drama. Mm. You know, all these things are different m media using word, uh, but in terms of, I wouldn't put any of them in an order of merit. I'm, I love, I've got several friends who are poets on the page, um, Carrie Etter and Claire Crowther and Tamar Yosef and Rose Flint, and I always buy their books, and I think they're wonderful. But they they probably um, find they... It's different. Mm. It's different, because the, those poems on the page, they can read them beautifully, and everyone will enjoy listening to them, but they all stay exactly the same. Right. Whereas what I find with spoken word is it's very different, according to the audience. It's a bit like the difference between... Um, a stage play, which is always different. I know I write stage mm. plays, and they always receive, they always acted differently yeah. to different audiences because because they're live, they're a living organism, and it can't help but be different, even if people try to do it exactly the same. Mm. So, and I think it's the same with poems. Sometimes I realise I've got a lovely audience, and I really enjoy reading, and other times I think I don't think they're on my wavelength. <laughs> I mutter. And forget my words. Yeah. And, I, you know, I've, I've heard other people say they do that too. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, um, because I think there's, um, with spoken word, there tends to be, um, I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of um, young, younger people coming out with exams and calling themselves spoken word artists. And a lot mm -hmm. of what they're doing is, tends to be more of a, of a monologue or a story yeah. rather than, Rather than a poem, and I, I guess um, I don't know because I, I, I personally wouldn't call myself a spoken word artist. I recently changed my Facebook poetry page to say Jen Hart Poetry, not spoken word anymore. Which I changed right. that, um, and I'm not sure why. <coughs> I, I think because I've now finished my own collection and it is poems. Mm. I feel like I'm taking myself more in that direction and being like, mm. okay, well, I, okay, well I, yeah. I am a poet. So you're, you're specialising, really, because I see mm. spoken word as the umbrella mm. and poetry one of the aspects. Because yeah. I'm a spoken oh, word coordinator, thing, I yeah. should have mentioned probably, a spoken word coordinator for the Merlin Theatre, which grew oh, up right. 
when I when I was based there and I was um, had this writer in residence thing. Yeah. And um, when the funding ran out, they said, well, you've been doing loads of things, so carry on doing them and you can be our coordinator. So the only the kind of thing that happens at the Merlin now is we do a, a poetry platter event in the once and a prose platter event. So we do the okay. two events yeah. a year. One is readings of poetry or performances of poetry. The next yeah. one's going to be performance poetry because I've got Liv and um, Chris... Redman and oh, yeah. people like that yeah. coming, um, and me. <laughs> but we, the last one we did was a prose, and that had a local writer called Rosie Jackson. I'd just finished her memoir. She's also a poet, mm. but she went, she wanted to feature her memoir, and she brought some other local writers who'd finished their memoir as a sort of support band. <laughs> and because hers is... And, she wanted it, this to be her launch. So we did, it's called a, a platter event because in order to make it less formal than a theatre, we put tables on the stage okay. and with a light supper. Oh. So people, are li it turns the whole th thing into a sort of bistro atmosphere with lighting and everything. Mm. So the audience um, sits on the stage being entertained. Mm. Actually, they've been so popular that m and most of the audience sits in the auditorium. Yeah. With okay. just a brave few brave souls on the stage. <laughs> but it's still got that informal thing because everybody comes to the front, so it's yeah. not like the usual theatre thing at all. I've digressed a bit there, but... No, um, no, no, I, that's I great. See, that sounds like a really nice... But I see both those things as spoken mm. words. Yeah, I do as well. There's, you know, we've got a couple of story slams in Bristol mm. um, where people will learn their stories you know, mm. off off the page, um, mm. and it'll be a performance of it or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I guess I I guess it's it's still an ongoing thing, and a lot of it is to do with the stigma of of page poetry to performance poetry, in the sense that there are page I like to call them page poet purists mm. who would look at performance poetry as just a really, I don't even know how they would describe it, I don't know, but <laughs> something stand less up. I've heard it called just like stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's wrong with stand-up comedy? Well, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, whereas I think, yeah, certainly there's a lot of um, good people like Sally Jenkinson um, and Sophia Blackwell who, they're on the page, it could just be on the page and that would be it, but then they perform it and it, mm. it, it brings it out completely and then mm. almost takes it into changes it into something else mm. because obviously it's a different perspective but I think it's, it's great kind of, that the debate's going on I think it's great that people are debating anything about poetry because when I started um you know when I started mm. you know way back the situation was people were saying the big debate was is it poetry if it doesn't rhyme and it was it really was yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the poets I've just mentioned to you as my friends, they wouldn't think of putting rhyme in unless they decided to. And mm. and they're all great, high-rated high published poets. But I remember in the beginning, it was all the argument about, can it be can it be poetry if it doesn't rhyme? All right, then, it's, but it's got to have metre, you know. And, uh, and I'm so glad that the whole discussion's moved on mm, yeah. from that, you know, is it a tin drum or not sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Is it a tin drum or are there symbols at the end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, it, again, with the 
progression of technology and mm. social media and things like that, poetry is back on the page in a sense um, mm. because, you know, people... So you know, there's insta-poetry, which is a thing, which is, you know, people put words on their images or their videos and put, mm. them, put them on uh, Instagram. Mm. Um, and that's all written down still. It's, mm. it's still in a page-type format, I mm. guess. It's just moved to a, a new setting, a new device. Yeah. We used to do a kind of Dada thing, cut up phrases from magazines and newspapers and stick them on pictures to make poetry posters. Yeah, yeah. And you were telling me earlier about this predictive poetry Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to um, oh, divulge yeah. a little bit into that? Because I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah. Yeah. My son taught me this. You, um, you, you put a word in your phone and immediately it'll um, predict the next word. It was love for you three. And you just always keep taking the middle one. Mm. And it writes your poem. And I, I did one. It started off enticingly. I have booked a table for the first time in the morning and evening. And it ends showing our age and a half hour or so. In between, it's very exciting too. So, I mean, it's just great. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really good. Um, I'm going to go home and try it. It's like fridge, fridge poems. Fridge say. poems, yeah. yeah. Mm. With the words on the fridge. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, my mum bought me some of those magnets mm. a few years ago. And aside from my mum's partner's spelling rude sentences... <laughs> it was good I, I really liked it it was nice and you know it's, it's good that you know poetry is everywhere and you can just pluck it from anything and mm. use anything yeah. it's good yeah I like the way that people have utilised the internet to create poetry mm. um, and, and that's very good I, I think all forms I mean some, my book although I call it performance poetry because I will read it out. I will say this is a limerick or this is a haiku or something. Mm. But I do use all the different forms. Mm, I just yeah. mainly subvert most of them. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So um, do you want to uh, tell us what your what's next for you? What are you what are your upcoming gigs that you're doing? I'm doing lots of little mini launches. I, I've invented that concept which means I can basically go and do a mic all over the place and wave the book at people yeah so yeah. that's what I'm doing I've got a whole list of them I'm doing pop-up poetry in the library and I'm doing jumping up and down and doing street poetry in the next room independent market which is a big 3,000 people come every time mm. market in Froome they close yes. the road I've heard mm. Mm. I was I was a little bit upset that I chose the wrong day to come <laughs> but it's okay I'll have to come back so that's you fine. will <laughs> come back yeah um so you're doing um uh so you're doing and you're doing a pop-up pop-up poetry in the library in the foyer yes um all, the, all these things when it's in a in the street or in the library or something I've come we've I've got flyers saying it's it's on the half hour for three okay sessions yeah yeah, yeah yeah so I only have to be there for an hour and a half and a bit. Mm. Um, and people know if they are, oh, I missed that, they can come back. Yeah. Do you find that quite nervous, uh, nerve-wracking doing that rather I'll than on the stage? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later. I've done a lot. I mean, I've done a lot of things sort of in the street, mm. if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. In my well. time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Great. Um, okay, so um, we're at that segment of the day, and I 
will tell our listeners that I did ask in advance this time <laughs> um, if uh, Chrissy would like to do a poem from Crumbs from Spinning World. Yes, I picked a crone poem to give people due notice. That this is a sort of this is the persona um, that I ten, tend to dress up inappropriately for my age in order to create um, the persona of a, a slightly batty, slightly aggressive old woman. Um, you know, fishnet stockings, high heel boots, mm-hmm. things like that. Inappropriate top. I'm just giving you the picture. <laughs> and this, this is one, <coughs> one of hers, and it's called Bungee Jumping Crumblies. Look at them. It's obscene. Wrinklies tottering round Topshop. They should act their age, not their fuck-me-shoe size. They should be sh- saving their pensions, not prancing at parties, wanton and plastered, still trance-dancing, still backpacking the golden road to summer lands. Retiring, they don't know the meaning of the word. Refusing to age gracefully, won't go quiet into that genteel twilight good night. Collecting tattoos instead of bus passes, puckering sun-dried faces for kisses, mutton-dressed brazen lamb, perpetual Peter Pounds. What do they think they're like? Well, this is what I think. I'm not a sheep to be cut and devoured, and I'm not looking for a never-never land. Don't confuse me with someone who wants to be part of those fictions. Why should I change my lifelong convictions? Curiosity, boldness, lust for life. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, So um, I'll probably um, end it there. Is there anything else you'd like to um, mention before before we pop off? Pop off, that's a phrase that I'm now using. Oh, I like pop off. Pop off, I'm off. I'm popping off, yes. Yeah. Okay. I do scamper. No, I'll scamper now. I'll scamper, okay. Well, thank you very much for talking with me today. Thank you, Jim. Um Good luck with everything in the future. Thank um, you. And if you want to buy uh, crumbs from a spinning world, you can get it directly from Chrissy, who will be selling them at her many, many, mini launches, uh, which we will be divulging the further details on on our social media pages and things like that. Uh, alternatively, you can go to um, burningeye.bigcartel.com and buy it for someone for Christmas because Christmas is coming up, in case you didn't know. Mm-hmm.